by Singletary, and it's caught for a touchdown! Cole Beasley! Now, here they come! Down he goes! Corkstrom in by the rookie and Oliver! Second down and 13. Allen going deep, and he's got him! Touchdown! John Brown! What a catch! All right, all right, we're back. We still have Brandon Sturmer. CFR writer in the building, and we are talking about Brian Dable. Now, this has been a topic probably since the middle of last season uh, when McDermott, uh, Coach McDermott, got asked a couple of questions at the, uh, I forget, was after the Cleveland loss, possibly? I believe so. That he got asked a couple of questions that he really wasn't too thrilled to have the answer about uh, Brian Dable's job. And, uh, you know, I think at one point, Brian Dable, after the Patriot game in week four, he moved up to the press box. Oh, this is such a hot topic around Buffalo. Is Brian Dable developing? Is he getting better? Is it is the continuity more important? I mean, we've been all across the board with Dable, but Brandon's here with me to break this down, give us his opinion, and I'm gonna you up, you know, I'm gonna give you mine, but you already know how I feel about Brian Dable if you followed me over the last year. Man, the way that I look at Brian Dable is the sidekick of a sidekick of a sidekick. Mm. He's never been that guy. He's got rings, sure. He's got national championships, sure. But what is his stamp? What is his legacy on his own? He's been an offensive coordinator. I want to say this is his third job professionally, not just collegiate as an offensive coordinator and not one time has he had an offense in the top 15, let alone the top 10. And with the talent that was on this roster last year, there was lesser talented teams that had a better statistical offensive season than the Buffalo bills. And I don't attribute, we discussed this earlier, Allen's improvement to Brian Dable. I attribute his improvement to Ken Dorsey, the guy that I think you and I both feel should end up being the offensive co- coordinator in the long term. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely agree. And I think that's why he's here. Because when he came to, to Buffalo from Carolina, at the time, there was no no uh, rumors or anything swirling of, or even thought of Ron Rivera being fired. So right. there was no really, no real reason for him to make a lateral move. And that's exactly what it was, a lateral move. Unless he had some type of thought process or promise that, hey, things don't work. You're the guy. And right. I think that's exactly why he came to Buffalo. And I think that's exactly why. You know, it's funny because Brian Dable in the last year has tried to get a lot closer to Josh Allen than I think he did his rookie season. Right. And that may be because of Ken Dorsey's like sitting over his shoulder. Um, but I agree with you. I don't attribute anything a Josh Allen's development to Brian Dable. I attribute his development to three different people. A himself, because this guy has an amazing work ethic. An yes. amazing work ethic. And he refuses to not be great. And that's why I do indeed believe he's gonna be a Hall of Fame quarterback one day, because he's not gonna rest until he is. Something you can't teach. Two, right. Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer has worked wonders with this kid. Now, mind you, Jordan Palmer has been working out with Josh Allen before he was drafted to Buffalo. And 
once again, another guy exit Buffalo tried. I think they may have even thought about offering him a quarterback's coach job around the, um, around the time uh, Brian Dable came in. But obviously, he's not leaving that. He's getting played privately by players. He ain't leaving that money on the table. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> um, and three, as you said it before, Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey is a quarterback. He's a guy. He's um, a former quarterback himself. He's a coach. He's young. He can relate to him. If anything, if any credit I give Brian Dable, it's for, honestly, horrible play calling and putting Josh Allen in terrible situations that he's going to learn from for the rest of his career. If if I was to venture a guess, I would say Dable has stunted Allen's growth more so than excelling. There's There was times the – and part of it was probably Allen's instinct as well. But a prime example is that lateral pass in the playoff game. <laughs> in for whatever reason, in my mind, I'm thinking in the in the huddle that Dable's like, well, you know, if you can get somebody open, it's it's just the kind the kind of play caller. That, that I think that he is. And it, it bothers me because he's letting somebody else's rings dictate his ego. And you can tell, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. I love the Buffalo versus everybody thing. I love it. I think it's great. It's a way to keep the team motivated. It's, it's that trigger topic for them. You know, Hey, Everyone's against us, blah, 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 blah. You go out there and you, and you play your tails off, try to get the win. Uh, Dable never has really had, except with bad teams, had to really work that hard. You're, you're in New England. You're coaching Rob Gronkowski. You're in Alabama. A Nick Saban run team. You're guaranteed in the playoffs you're guaranteed in the college football playoff. What real work has he had to put in to put himself in a position uh, other than two failed prior offensive coordinator knitting jobs to that would warrant him to even get head coaching opportunities this past off season. It, it baffles me. It confuses me. And frankly, it just angers me that someone like him could get these kinds of opportunities when they are flat out undeserved. You know, the only thing I can think of is maybe they think that coming from the Belichick tree, that he would make a better head coach than he would coordinator, and then they can maybe pull people from that tree. Now, why a franchise would think that would be a good idea, I don't know. Because it's felt with Charlie Weiss, it felt with Romeo Cornell. It's, in my opinion, it's failing with Bill O'Brien. It failed with Josh McDaniels. It failed with Eric Mangini. But hey, what the hell do we know? Right. right? Only, only view in watching these these poor guys go out on, on their own and derail an entire franchise for five years. Uh, and we can throw in Matt Patricia because he's on his way out of there too. He probably won't make it past week eight. If the season, Probably. if this COVID, even in a COVID-written season, Matt Patricia probably won't make it past week eight. So, I tell you what, I was the first on the bus to say, Cleveland, please hire Brian Dable. 
I wanted him to get a job. I hope they got it. I wanted him to get it with Green Bay. He has no place in a booth. He has no place calling plays. He has no place in this league as offense coordinator, in my opinion. And I don't, I don't care what people say. Well, it's his third year. It's a development. No, damn it, no. He's no. been a coordinator or a coach around football for 20 years. And I'll state it again. A guy who has zero rhythm, zero sequencing, has not a business in his league calling plays. No. And, and the utter bull that spewed out of his mouth, well, I can see the field better. Get a pair of damn glasses. What better view do you have than being on the sideline watching your quarterback get demolished, having these lackluster plays, these dip and dunk, four, five, six-yard-a-pop, unsuccessful plays that if it was if it was in New England, it could work because he had McDaniels and those little guys to run these little dip and dunk routes. When you've got the size, granted they they were smaller last year, uh, the size that the Bills now have, if he doesn't put this team in a top ten position this year, I don't understand how they could even consider keeping Dable as the offensive coordinator. It, it there, There's just no way. Listen, I I get it. Okay? I, I get it with Brian Dable. And I, I get why McDaniels hasn't fired him. I get why, Brian Day, why McDermott brought him in because he didn't have all, much of an offensive pipeline to pick from. And what I mean by that is he had a defensive pipeline to pick from, but he comes from the Andy Reid tree. And the offensive pipeline was our head coaches, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, Frank Wright. They're all head coaches. So he doesn't have much of a pipeline to pick from. So, I, But now this is a winning culture. This is a winning team. We're going to say this is a winning team now. Okay? He's not going to be hard to find an office creator to come in here with this type of offense. And if he can't do it, then that's that falls on the coach at that point. And as far as Brian Dable, as far as the field goes, if I'm not mistaken, his first year here, didn't he call plays in the field when Josh came back? He came down for the field to help him out. Came down to the field from the booth to help him out. Now you went back to the booth. What happened is this. He went he went to the booth because in week four, he lost his cool with a 22-year-old quarterback on the sideline um, in a big game versus New England. Or week three. Maybe it was week three. I think he, it was lo- week three. he lost his cool. He threw his iPad, and he had a temper tantrum. And like I said, when we're always comparing Coach Leslie Frazier and Coach Dable, that's the difference right there. Yeah. That's highlighted. Nope. He had a meltdown. And you're not dealing with a 35-year-old Tom Brady. You're not dealing with a 34-year-old Tom Brady. You're not dealing with even a 29-year-old Tom Brady. You're dealing with a 22-year-old kid who's working his ass off to get better. And you come out in a big game in which you were able to run the ball and you had this kid throw the ball. I think in that game total, they threw the ball 46 times between Allen and Barkley. Right. In a one-score game. Right. No, 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 and, no, no, Dable. It's not your fault. You're the idiot for that one. And and not only throw the ball that many times, but when you're handing the ball off, you're handing the ball off to a – and I love Frank Gore. I, I don't want to speak ill. But 
a far past his prime, Frank Gore. If you're trying to run out the clock, if you want him to move time backwards, hand them the ball. But if you're trying to run the clock properly, take time off the clock, keep the guy in bounds, and, and, and it may not be for that week in particular. I can't remember if Singletary was healthy in week three or not. I think he was injured because um, he got injured in week two uh, into the Giants game. He pulled the handy. That's right. That's right. But, I mean, and, and just goes to show you throughout the season, though, yeah. weeks 13, 14, when – when Singletary didn't see more than 10 carries, 12 carries, when he was clearly coming on, the more he touched the ball, the better he got. The the more that Beasley in the second half of the season, I want to say there was a five, six game stretch. I think it was a five game stretch where Beasley had a touchdown in five straight weeks. Why would you take away that dynamic? Why would you go elsewhere and and try to throw to a and, and part of that's on Allen too but part of that's on his development which is on Dable why would you throw the ball I want to say that there was six targets uh four of them to Lee Smith and two uh to Patrick DeMarco yeah. why why when you have smoke you've got Beasley Duke Williams came on in, in the past few games. Robert Foster. Robert Foster. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, who's a gadget of a gadget. There, there's, there was so much that could have been done. And there was little trickery plays, a couple of them in the playoff game, a couple of them in, in the Thanksgiving game. All right. that That's fine and dandy. You're still in the bottom half of the league in the offense. I don't care. Look, if we were 12 and 4 and 18th in offense, I wouldn't have a gripe. But 10 and 6, you come out guns blazing in the wild card game, march right down the field and score. And and it was a 16 nothing lead and they look good, but they didn't keep the foot on the pedal. And when they tried to do so, it was an epic fail because of the inconsistent lackluster play calling. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it just makes it makes zero sense. And I, I, I don't. I don't get it. And as an officer coordinator, if you want to come out, you want to throw the ball 40 times. And we've seen this in New England. We saw it Cleveland. We saw it Baltimore. And I think we saw it Philly. We may, Maybe not 40 times in Cleveland, but we threw it a lot. More, a lot more than we ran it. And they had, every game resulted in a loss as well, if you want to um, notate that. But you didn't find a way to activate T.J. Yeldon, your best ca- pass catching back at the backfield. But yet we have passes thrown to Pat DeMarco and Lee Smith, as you highlighted. Right. But there's no spot for T.J. Yeldon to be activated. Yeah, I, I mean, when, when you have a guy, uh, Sonoris Perry, who, sure, oh, oh, okay, if you want to keep him just on special teams, but you're going to have him active or you're going to have aging Frank Gore active, who still would have had that locker room presence instead of a guy like TJ Yeldon, who by his peers for a good three year stretch was considered one of the top receiving backs in the league. 
was active for three games. Yeah, three games. It, it's it's our injured our game say uh, what's the name was injured uh, that uh, Tingle Terry was out. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I just I don't understand his play call, um, and that and that seems to be a theme over the past decade with Buffalo's offensive play callers. Yeah. Um, bad calls made at bad times. Um, and that's something that I think you, you would have growing pains if Dorsey was to take over the reins on offense. Um, but I think that he would open it up to Allen's strengths because when Allen plays to his strengths and I would love, I would love to see Allen throw the ball 35 times a game. I would love to see him throw for 4,000 yards and rush for another four or 500, have uh, 30 touchdowns, seven, eight interceptions. He has that potential. With Dable at the helm, I think that that potential is reined back because he's scared to let him loose. The worst he's going to do is either throw a pick, lose the ball, or make you look really good. And there's been times, that's the only reason in my view that Dable got the head coaching interviews that he did was because at times in the season, Josh Allen made him look really good. And there's a lot of GMs and a lot of execs that thought Josh Allen was one of the worst quarterback prospects in the first round. Right. If not the worst and shouldn't even been a first round pick. So, I mean, I, I think that. Without Brian Dable, Josh Allen will look better, and I think those execs and GMs will be like, "Uh oh, well, we made a uh, stake in our scouting." Right. Because, um, like I said, once again, you can't teach the will to win, and uh, no. Josh Allen has that. I, like I said, and for other people saying, "Okay, Brian Dable, he, he he's helped develop Josh. Give me one quarterback that he's the matter of fact. Give me one player, just one player that he's developed in his time in the NFL or at Alabama." Right. Because guess what? He didn't help Jalen Hurts. The only reason that yeah. Alabama won that national championship game is because they brought in Tua Tagalova and they had no film on him. That's the only and, reason. And and if has anyone asked Rob Gronkowski what effect Brian Dable has had on his career? Because Bar- I'm almost betting that Gronk would laugh. Never heard Gronk mention his name one time. No. Uh, and, and I hear Alan mention it when he ta- when he talks about him. He's oh, you know, you know, Dave's is helping me here, and Dave's is helping me there, and Dave's has helped me so much here. That's Josh being the nice guy that he is. Yep. In seven eight years, as long God willing that he's still in the league and still and still thriving, he won't be that guy because Brady would Brady would have done the same thing. Yeah, that Marvin age. Rogers and all oh, at that age, most certainly do the same thing. But when you're advanced into your career, uh, if you would have put if you put Dable on the Colts right now, tell me by week three, Rivers would not try to rip his head off. No, because in your first couple of years, you do that. You give the generic answers because you you're first you're gaining respect to the locker room. 
Right. Then you're gaining the respect of your coaches, and you're building a trust factor. And after you built that, you turn around 28-29, and let's, let's go back to Aaron Rodgers and compare Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is notorious for running his mouth and saying, hey, this is what I feel, and this is the truth. But yep. you respect the truth. As an organization, you want the truth. The tr- they say the truth will set you free. You want that. Can, can Dable, in your honest opinion, I know mine, in your honest opinion, with the talent that this team has, I mean, in top to bottom, this is a top three talented team in the NFL, offensively and defensively. Do you think that Dable puts this team in a top 10 offensive position next year? Hell no. Not a chance in hell. Um, and I and I it scares me and it makes me even more fearful that we have a motivated Stefan Diggs coming in who's gonna mind you who's gonna want a bigger contract because he's at 14 million 13 million dollars per year and his highest lat his highest amount on his salary in the next three years is gonna be 15 million, which is about five less than what the top receivers are getting, five million than the top receivers are getting per year. Right. And that scares me to death because I do not want him to get disgruntled because when he gets disgruntled, he's not a Calvin Benjamin. He's not going to quit on the team and just say, oh, screw it. He's going to cause a problem. And Dable, for that reason, scares me. Yes. Yes. I, I think I think that the offensive potential, the offensive potential is number one in the league. They have that core of guys. The offensive line, all five starters are, are returning. Uh with the exception of, I believe it's going to be a little bit of a battle at right tackle, but it's still the same core of guys that are there. You've got Singletary with the addition of Moss. You've got Brown and Beasley with the addition, who's going to obviously jump the depth charts, and and Stephon Diggs. You've got another year under the belt of a pretty raw, Dawson Knox, but we all saw what he did with the ball in his hands. Tommy Sweeney, another guy. Hopefully Lee Smith's not on the team next year. That, with with that influx of talent, there is no excuse to not put up. I, I think McDermott said it last year, if I remember correctly, 24 points a game sounds about round right to what we want yes they averaged 20 21 maybe 19.7 that's that's (laughs) 19.7 that's even that's even worse that's even worse Uh, i mean for this team not to put up i would be disappointed and i'm going to be if this team didn't put up 28 points a game how they could not with this offensive talent would be completely disheartening. But the sad truth is Brian Dable is a dumpster fire of a play caller. And he's going to hold the offense back unless they just let Dorsey jump right in, be an offensive assistant, instead of just a quarterback's coach and he may be I'm not I'm not sure I'm not I'm not in the locker room or, or know what everybody's title is but 
give Dorsey a little bit of those reins. And if you see that Dable by week two or week three or whenever the season starts is struggling, which we know he will because he's going to try to target Diggs 35 times a game. Yep. And he's going to make Allen look bad. Then, then I think it's the right thing to do to give Dorsey that that boost. Let him let him call the plays. Look, I'm as excited as anybody. I've seen guys on NFL Network, Peter Schrager and and uh, Michael Robinson. Everybody that wasn't on the Bills bandwagon, even a guy like Colin Coward, who is notorious for dogging the Bills has said, you know, if you're going by pure arm talent, Josh Allen's right there. If you're going by overall talent of the team, this team is right there. There's no reason they shouldn't win this division. And there is no reason this team shouldn't win the division. But there is one coach who can hold them back from doing that. It's Brian Dable. Preach. Couldn't say it any better, man. Couldn't have said it any better. Hey. We're going to hope for the best. We're going to wish for the stars. And, uh, you know, going back to your point about development, this is a guy who was a tight end coach in New England. He had Rob Gorkowski. He had Aaron Hernandez. They got the ball a lot in New England. But we saw just how much of a difference Dawson Knox made with the ball in the hands last year, and we couldn't get him the ball. That says it all. That's, that says it all to me. It does. So – we're going to hope for our best. We're going to keep our fingers crossed. But, hey, in Buffalo, in the process, we trust. And we'll keep believing that this team is going to do the right thing and make the right moves and pray for it. Actually, pray for a season. Well, hey. Pray for a season. Pray for a division title. I mean, there's, there's so much. They talked about it last year going from playoff caliber to championship caliber and that's what this team has in place the window is now open they got the taste of the playoffs the the real mcdermott squad in my view was this past year yes got the taste of the playoffs now they know what it's like to lose knox talked about it how much it hurts how much they talk about it to this day go in and don't let Dable hold you back. There's been there's been times where an offensive coordinator has made has been made to look a whole hell of a lot better than what he really is. Hmm? Give Allen those reins to change a play call. You're going to see these progressions at the line. You're going to can can Allen do that? There, that's that's another topic for another day. And, and but, you know, it's funny that you said it because he doesn't have to he doesn't have the reins to do that yet. And you would think in his second year, at some point, he will be given those reins to start getting his feet wet. Right. But the, but he's the be, uh, but Dable's a developer, right? It's supposed to be, supposed to be. But we we've seen the workout videos with Allen on the beach and in California working on the field with, with our young receivers and even working with Diggs. I think that McDermott likes that. I think that Bean likes that. I think the entire locker room likes that. And I don't think that Dable's really going to have much of a choice when Allen steps into that locker room and he makes his presence known 
you saw that he did it a few different times last year, along with Edmonds. I think those are our young leaders for the next decade. Uh, when Allen steps onto that field, if he doesn't like the play call, check it off, move on to one that you think is going to work. Yep. Because nine times out of 10, Allen's instincts have put up six. I, I, I agree. And he's been doing that since Wyoming. It ain't yes. always pretty. Well, hey, in Buffalo, we have a saying that 12 plus 83 equals six, right? That's so, let, so let 17 get six. Um, yeah. Hey, Brandon, great segment, man. Great segment. I mean, hopefully David can get this thing, t- get his thing turned around because we ain't putting it on, on uh, Josh. And hopefully, you know, like I said, this becomes a top 10 office because if not, it's going to be a major failure. And I believe that we're going to be shifting gears midseason, which I hate to have to do. I, I agree. And hey, man. I appreciate you having me, having me on here for a few different segments. I look forward to doing more with you, and I look forward to uh, writing more for Cold Front Report. Hey, make sure you guys follow. Uh, make sure you follow on www.coldfrontreport.com. If you go to the Meet the Team section, you can click on Brandon's name, and it'll take you straight to his profile. So you can get all his personal thoughts of David when he's throwing stuff at the TV during the season. Uh, right. But, hey, <laughs> guys, once again, thanks for tuning in. This segment was brought to you by Baker Bands. If you're not wearing Baker Bands, then you ain't really baking. So make sure you get to www.custombakerbands.com for all your Bills Mafia headwear. 